Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Everybody good tonight? I haven't been up here yet, so the lights are bright. The pastor's doing good in the back. Wow. Well, if the pastors are responding to that level, then that means you guys got to be responding on a whole nother level as well, right? So, so let's try that again. Are the pastors in the back? I can't see. What about this side? What about this section right here? What about this section? Okay. What about this section? I, I knew this. I knew this section had my back. So, uh, hey, if you got your Bibles with you, let's jump into it tonight. Philippians 3, we're going to start in verse 12. Can I put that, can you put the picture back up of me on there? (laughs) They got the picture of me doing a Tim Tebow stance (laughs) for the picture they chose. Okay, it's all right. First of all, I want to give a shout out to the worship team. Has the worship team done an awesome job? And all the team competition leaders of all the, not just the referees, but Josh and Justin leading the way and all the green, red, and yellow. Who's other team? What's the other team? Blue! The squid people, right, today? That won the squid game. All the team leaders. And didn't we have some amazing speakers That's the best I've ever heard Pastor Alvin in my life. The best I've ever heard Pastor Keith in my life. The best I've ever heard Tegan in my life. I've never heard her before, but it's the best I've ever heard her. The best I've ever heard Morgan in my life. Heard Amzie in my life. Shelby Lynn. Ridiculous. I said, can we, we should just switch spots. Let me do your devotional and you do tonight. Okay. They did amazing. So let's get the verse back up here. So Philippians 3 and verse 12, it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already achieved perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You guys ready tonight? So today, tonight I want to talk about faith moves forward. Faith moves forward. Now, at our church, Church on the Rock, New Albany, Indiana, which is the host church of this camp, I've been talking about faith on Sunday mornings uh, for about a month, and I've been preaching about faith. And so the first time I heard the uh, camp theme, I was like, so, so now what's the camp theme again? And they said forward. And as soon as I heard that word, I was like, now forward is a faith word. That's the first thing that came to my mind, because I've been preaching about faith on Sundays every week. My veins popping out of my neck, losing my voice, trying to get faith into people because it's so important because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith pleases God. We receive everything from God by faith. 
And I've been talking about faith week after week after week. And they said, the theme for camp is forward. And that is the most faith word I've ever heard in my life is the word forward. So we're going to talk tonight about faith moves forward. Faith moves forward. I'm going to let you know tonight that faith only moves in one direction. And that is the direction of forward. Faith only moves in one direction. It moves forward. It takes faith to move forward. If it didn't, everyone would be doing it, which they are not moving forward. It takes faith to move forward. So you need to know tonight, as we, we're just laying the, the groundwork for what we're going to share about tonight, that faith moves forward, and the only direction faith goes in is forward. Now let me prove that to you from your Bibles, Hebrews 10 and verse 38 and 39. It says, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back. No, that's not us. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. But let's bring back verse 38 again. This is us. Now the just shall live by faith. Why? Because faith moves forward. And the only direction faith goes is forward. And, and God says, my soul will have no pleasure in him that draws back or looks back or goes back he only has pleasure in moving forward because that's what is it it's faith okay hebrews 10 and verse 39 let's look at this it says but we are not of those who draw back now let me stop as i go any further church on the rock is a faith church Every pastor here that is, their churches are here. You are a faith church. Last time I checked, and that's talking to all of us in here because it says, we are not those people. I don't know who those people are, but we ain't those people. Where you at, pastors? That, that, that ain't us. That could be some other churches, but that's not us because we, we're some faith people and some faith churches and the just shall live by faith and we are not of those who draw back or look back why because faith only moves forward but notice it says if you draw back you draw back to perdition that word perdition means to destruction and then it goes on and says but we are of those who believe because we're faith people to the saving of the soul now, how many of you in here can drive? Okay. How many of you want to be able to drive? How many of you don't have a license but think you can drive? Yeah, I knew it would be all of you. I knew it would be all of you in here. Well, let me give you a little bit of driving 101. You want some driving 101? So, when you're in a car... There's a big windshield in the front of your car. It's called a windshield. It's a big open thing you can see through. So you can go forward. Then there's this tiny mirror right here that's called a rear view mirror. 
Do you guys know what I'm talking about so far? I'm just trying to teach you how to drive. So when you get in the car and you turn it on and you put it in drive, you need to look out of the big mirror, right, instead of the tiny mirror. Because the big mirror looks forward and the tiny one looks back. You cannot move forward looking in the rear view mirror. You cannot drive forward looking in the rear view mirror. That's what it says. The just shall live by faith, and I will have no pleasure in them who draw back, because faith only moves forward, and you can't move forward when you're looking back. You can't drive forward when you're looking back. And notice it says, if you do that, you'll go into destruction. In the same way, if you drove your car, looking in the rearview mirror, some of you do that, even this week, driving the golf carts. And you wonder why you run into things, because you bring destruction on yourselves, because you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror. Ladies who do your makeup while you're driving, you can't drive forward looking in the mirror at yourself. You can't go forward if you're looking back. And that's what God says, that I will have no pleasure in him that draws back because you will bring yourself into destruction just like you would in a vehicle if you're looking in the rear view mirror. you got to realize with faith, there is no reverse in faith. There is no rear view mirrors in your faith mobile. I heard it said of a minister who was a faith minister, they never even put their car in reverse. They would rather go around the block and try it again because they said faith never goes back. Now that's the real deal. This man never put his car in reverse one day in his life because he said faith never goes back. But it's true. Faith never puts it in reverse. Faith never looks in the rearview mirror. Faith only has one direction, and the only direction it goes is forward. Are you guys picking up what I'm laying down tonight? Now, if you have a good driving teacher, they're going to say, they're going to slap your head and they're going to say, face forward because you're driving forward. But tonight I'm not singing face forward. I'm singing faith forward. Because some of you have been looking back too long for too many years and too many days and you can only move forward unless you look forward in faith. You can only move forward if you're only moving forward in faith. But there is nothing in the back to look at because your life will end in destruction. We need to realize, stop looking back. There's nothing there for you anyways. Let's read this verse in Jeremiah 7, 23. This is God pleading with his people. Now, to give you a little context, Jeremiah was a prophet, and God's people were not listening to him. What happens when we don't listen to him? That's like looking in the rearview mirror and driving forward. We're going to end in destruction. We're going to end in a car wreck. And this is what was happening to God's people. Notice what he said to them. But this is what I commanded them, saying, obey my voice. 
And I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk in all the ways I have commanded you that it may be well with you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. That's what happens when we don't listen to God and don't move forward by faith. God can't do anything about it because we brought that destruction and pain on ourselves because God said, go forward, and you're looking back. So as we continue this message tonight about faith moves forward, you need to understand that faith only moves in one direction, and that's forward. And it takes faith to move forward. So let's turn back over to Philippians 3 where we started in verse 12. You guys get something tonight. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. And I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. I just want to give you a little context of what the Apostle Paul is saying in Philippians here. He's writing to a church, and Paul is very familiar with the Olympic Games. They lived in the Roman and Greek period of time where they were already having these type of races and games. And Paul the Apostle gives the example of a race or a prize. And he's saying your spiritual life is like a race, and you're going to a destination to receive a prize or a trophy. You're not just running to run. You're not just going to church to go to church. You're not just reading your Bible to read your Bible. You're not just coming to camp to come to camp. There's a purpose and a reason for this. Your life is in a race, and you need to get to the destination or to the end of your life and have done everything that God has called you to do. And at the end of your life, the prize is not necessarily just heaven. The prize is fulfilling what God has called you to do. So I would say all of us in here, we want to receive that prize, right? You don't want to get up to heaven and God said, you're coming in, but I ain't got nothing to give you. Because you didn't do anything I said. No, we all want to receive the prize. And we're not racing each other in here. We are in our own lane and in our own race. And we can't compare ourselves to one another. Because I'm not going to be accountable for what you're accountable for. And you're not going to be accountable for what I'm accountable for. We got our own race to run and our own call to pursue and our own price to receive. Now, before I go any further, you got to realize, stop acting like this is the calling, and what you do outside of camp is not a calling. I need more of you in here to stop trying to say, if I'm not a preacher, then I'm not really called. And if I'm not a pastor or in ministry, I don't really get a prize. No, most of you will never preach behind a pulpit, and that's perfectly good. Because you're not called to do that. 
You're called to reach people that I can't reach. You're called to do something that I can't do. You're called to make money for the kingdom of God. You're called to be business people and parents and teachers and doctors and lawyers and entrepreneurs. You're called to do great things for God outside the four walls of the church, which is greater than what I'm doing here tonight. And when you do what you're called to do, you're going to get the same prize that I get when I do what I'm called to do. Because I'm going to fulfill my calling just like you're going to fulfill your calling. But don't downgrade yourself because you're not up here. That's why the church as a whole is not effective because everybody's looking for the pastor to do it. Or the pastor's called. No, everybody's called in the church. Everybody's got a race to run. Everybody's got a prize to receive. My job as a pastor and a teacher and a leader is to help you fulfill your call. To encourage you in what you're called to do, which is majority of times outside of the church. And when you fulfill your assignment, you will get the same prize as the Apostle Paul got. You will receive the same rewards if you do what you're called to do as all these great generals of the faith have received. And it says we're all in this race and we run to receive a prize. And the prize is fulfilling God's plan for our life and our calling But he gives us some things that we need to do to fulfill that. You still with me tonight? So let's look in Philippians 3 and verse 12. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Next verse. Notice what it says, now dear brothers and sisters, now Paul's trying to teach you how to run your race. I have not achieved it, so he's saying, I haven't went over the finish line yet. Has anyone here went over the finish line yet and fulfilled everything God has for you? Raise your hand. You've done everything God's called you to do. You have no purpose for existing tonight. You need to go on to heaven because you already did it all. None of us are in that category, and Paul was saying that to this church I'm not there yet. I'm running like you're running. I'm going for the prize like you're going for the prize. I'm striving for this like you're striving for this. But this is how you finish. And this is how you get to the other side. And this is how you reach the prize of the heavenly call and fulfill your race and fulfill what God has called you to do. And notice the first thing he says. Now, I just want to put a little disclaimer in here. I'm going to need a lot better participation and response if I'm going to finish this message like I need to. Because you thought I was already there. Oh, I'm on 20% now. I got 80% to go. But he says, but I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing. If we're going to move forward in faith, we got to focus. It's the first thing I want to share with you tonight. If we want to move forward in faith, we got to focus. There's a reason a laser is so powerful. The reason a laser is so powerful, 
all the atoms and protons are all aligned together and they are focused forward. Lasers have so much power because all the atoms and protons are all focused and not just focused anywhere. They're not just shooting all over the place and being focused. They're not going back. They're focused forward. And since they're focused forward, they are powerful. That's where the term laser focus comes from. Somebody's super focused, you're laser focused. And that should be the same way with our life pertaining to our call. If we want to move forward and receive the prize which God has called us, we have to be focused if we move forward in faith. Focused on what God has called us to do. If we want to be powerful like a laser is powerful, we got to be focused forward. So let's talk about focus for a second. Are you guys focusing on this message? You, you promise? Are you focusing on this message? Okay, I was just seeing how quick your reflexes were. Because you got to be focused if you want to receive from God and move forward. So we got to be focused if we want to move forward. If the enemy cannot defeat you, he will distract you. Because he knows if you ever get really focused, really committed, really called out and anointed and focused forward on what God has called you to do, you cannot be stopped. You will fulfill everything God has called you to do. So the enemy knows he can't just outright defeat you because of what has happened on the cross through Jesus. But what has he do to Christians and believers like us? He just wants to keep you so stinking distracted that you can never be focused enough to move forward. So the enemy, he can't defeat you, but he can distract you. And he does a great job at this. Some of you don't have enough attention span to even listen to a message this week. There's a problem there because the enemy's a master in distracting you. There's something that happens in a race, and let's just say the Kentucky Derby. Shout out Louisville, Kentucky. The Kentucky Derby, the, the horses that race in the Kentucky Derby, when they train race horses. Not just in that race, but in all races. If they're a serious racehorse, but especially the Kentucky Derby and other races like that, they put blinders. I told you I'm going to need you to participate if I'm going to finish this tonight. They put blinders on the horse so they don't get distracted. Because they know if they don't have blinders, they're going to get distracted and not go forward and not finish the race that the horse was called to do. If the animal kingdom, for goodness sakes, can figure this out, me and you can figure this out. (laughs) 
So they put blinders on the side of the horse's eyes so they're not distracted to the left or the right to see what other people are doing. They're not distracted by the people in the stands. So they put blinders on it because they want their horse to win the race. Why? Because if they're distracted, they won't win. If they're distracted, they won't finish. If they're distracted, they won't move forward. they got to have that horse focused. And if the horse that wins the Kentucky Derby needs to be focused, how much more you and I need to be focused on what God has called us to do? You know, in regular track and field and other races like that, they tell you the same thing. Those athletes don't wear blinders, but they tell those runners who are professional runners, when you race, stay in your lane and don't look to the left or the right because it will distract you. And when you look to the left or the right, you will slow down. This is too good for you not to be jumping out of your seat. And you won't finish the race and somebody else will beat you because you're too busy looking to the left or the right when you should be focusing on moving forward. People that know how to run track and field get this. You see people racing track and field, especially in the Olympics. They don't care how close the person is to running Next to them, they never look over. Why? Because you know if they look over, that could be the one second that they go ahead. Because you'll slow down when you look like this. So they have to look forward the whole time and stay in their lane. Why? they got to be focused or they won't finish the race. Are you guys getting something tonight? If we're going to move forward in faith, we have to focus. The enemy loves to distract us. Dr. Lester Summerall said this, a focused person is a misunderstood person. Don't apologize for being focused. Don't apologize for wanting a different life than everyone else around you. Don't apologize to your family for not fitting in with their dysfunction. Don't apologize to your friends for not wanting to go to every dumb party that they go to and get messed up at. Don't apologize about that. If you want a different life, you got to be focused. And a focused person is a misunderstood person. And they're saying, why don't you want to come do this? There's nothing wrong with you or me. I have no problem against you. I'm not judging you. I'm just focused. No, thanks. You want to go to eat? No, thanks. Why? I'm just focused. You want to go to the party? No, thanks. I'm just focused. You want to have that same dumb conversation we've had the past 50 times? No, thanks. I'm just focused. And I got something to do with my life, and the enemy's going to come distract me with people like you. If you want to move forward, you got to focus. And then what Paul said, I focus on one thing. Not looking to the right or to the left, 
not looking to the stands, not looking to other people, just looking towards the finish line. A focused person is a misunderstood person. You know, this is the exact reason why, I don't even like mentioning it, I've been to enough camps, I get tired of people mentioning this from the front. You ready to hear what I'm going to say? Such a youth pastor thing to say. Everybody's going to say, they're going to go hard on you. This is what they're going to say this week. We know all of you in another month and a half are going to go back to school. I've been a youth pastor a long time. And lose everything you got at camp. Why? Because you're going to start trying to fit in with all your friends and try to do what they're doing. And it happens every year at camp, and everybody has the same speech and the same call and the same preaching message, and you nod your head every year, and the same thing happens every year. Why? No, I'm talking about y'all. y'all. No, you were in the service. All of you were in the service last year, and it happened last year, and it happened the year before, and it happened the year before that, and it happened the year before that. I know because I've been seeing you 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. It's the same people every year, and you got to get delivered from the same thing you got delivered from last camp this year and healed from the same thing last year and this year. Why? Because you're not okay being different than everybody else. Because Dr. Summerall said a focused person is a misunderstood person. If you want a different life, you got to live different. If you want different results, you got to live different. And maybe if you thought for just a second, maybe if you were the one that was different in your school, I'm just going to throw this out here. If you were the one who was different at your middle school or high school, you were the one different on your sports team. You were the one different in your neighborhood. You were the one different, and you didn't care about it. People would follow you instead of everybody else. But since everyone is so stinking afraid to be different, because of the people that they will never see a day after high school, I'm 34, I don't care at this moment. I'll just tell you how it is. (laughs) But you're not okay being misunderstood. But a focused person is a misunderstood person. The Apostle Paul said if we want to move forward in faith, we have to focus. We got to focus. So, thinking about focus, what are some things that distract us? I don't want to be this preacher tonight. I just have to be this preacher tonight. I don't like talking about stuff like this. But, for all of us, especially our generation and even the older generation here, your iPhone is the biggest distraction for you. Now, listen to this stat. The average user of an iPhone touches their phone a day 
2,611 times. And you say you're not distracted. (laughs) You are crazy distracted. And they said majority of people that are beyond that, it's up to 5,000 times a day. A day. And you're wondering why you can't move forward. And you're wondering why you make no progress spiritually. And you wonder why you still keep facing the same addictions and issues and you can't get over it. Why? Because you got to be focused to move forward. And the enemy will put as many distractions as possible so you will never be focused to move forward. So, here's something else that distracts us, relationships. I told you, I don't want to be this preacher tonight. My youth pastor days are over. I'm not trying to be this preacher. I'm a nice senior pastor at this point in my life. I don't mess with y'all. We good now. Me and the youth are cool. I don't have to say any of the hard, edgy messages. I don't got to give you the message about sex and forgiveness and all that stuff. That's not me. I'm here for the laughs. I'm here for the good times. I just want to be liked. I don't want to have to say these things, but I got to. I got to. What's a major distraction for young people? Your phone, for starters. Here's another distraction that keeps you from being focused to move forward. Relationships. Now, relationships can help you if they're right. The problem is, majority of young people's relationships are not right. You guys were encouraged. You're like, yes, we're dating. No, you didn't hear the whole message. You know why? Because your brain's stinking, still developing right now. And you have no idea what you're doing. You don't know how to make right choices. You don't know how to choose somebody. You're basing it purely off of their looks or if they're funny. You're not basing it off of mature stuff like, are they called? (laughs) Or anointed? Or do they go to church? Or do they tithe? Or do they pray in tongues? Or do they believe in healing? I'm not this guy. That's not me tonight. I'm saying if I was that youth pastor, this is what I would say to you. And then what's the next step? Because it's a distraction. Why? Because the enemy does not want you to be focused. Because if you're focused, you will move forward. So most of it, he's got us with the phone and the relationship. And then the next step happens when our youth leaders or our life group leaders talk to us about that person. Or even an actually a godly friend next to us. And you try to say, don't be trying to hate on me. You can't get a man. That's why you mad at me. That I got a man. <laughs> Listen. You can't even drive. You ain't got no man or woman. Let's talk. You ain't got a job. You ain't got a car. Your mommy's still paying all the bills. I'm talking to guys and girls in here. 
you don't have a relationship. And there's 20 years old people that aren't ready for a relationship in here. So I'm not trying to call out the middle school and high schools. Now this was, no, let me back up. This is if I was a youth pastor, I would say this. I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm channeling my youth pastor vibe tonight. Here's another thing, especially with a lot of us as younger people or young adults. Here's the thing that distracts you, comparing. Well, I'm not as gifted as so-and-so. I'm not as pretty as so-and-so. I don't have the gifts that they have. What do we say about a race? You can't look to the right or to the left. you got to stay in your lane. Don't worry about how fast they're going. Don't worry about how fast they're going. Just worry about your lane, what God has called you to do, run your race. Don't look at them. Just look at the finish line. Because if you look at them, you're going to slow down. And you're not going to finish. And then you're going to get to the end of your life and say, well, I didn't do what they did. Yeah, because you were staring at them the whole time. Focused on the wrong thing. And not being focused on what God has called you to. Listen, guys. Everyone can't be a Shelby Lynn or an Amzy in here. There's some people in here that have to be like me. Right? (laughs) Don't compare yourself to other people. They have their lane to run in just like you have your lane to run in. All right, we got to go here. Or you you guys got somewhere to go, actually? Do you got somewhere to go? Do you? You got laundry at home? What, you got a girl waiting for you at the bowling alley? What, you good? Okay. I'm just saying, if I was a youth pastor, I would say that. Philippians 3, again, let's bring it up here. Philippians 3. It says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Verse 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but notice it says, but I focus on this one thing. Now, when we talked about focus, we said, if you're not focused, you can't move forward. And the enemy will distract you so you can't get focused enough to move forward. But let's look at the next thing. Forgetting the past, one back, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. The next thing we want to say about faith moves forward is you need to forget the past. Pastor Nancy said this, your past is worthy of one thing, forgetting. Your past is worthy of one thing, forgetting. Now let's look at this both ways because the Apostle Paul actually means it both ways. Forgetting the good stuff and the bad stuff. We always focus on the bad stuff, but he actually is pertaining to Good stuff as well in this verse because he was a person who was very trained in the Bible. He knew a lot of things about God. He was very learned about God. But he said, I'm going to forget the past, both good and bad, 
to press on to what God has called me to do. Once again, your past is worthy of one thing, forgetting. Now it's okay to look back on the good things that God has done and be thankful and to testify. But then we should live our lives and forget about it and move forward. And yes, when we get up and share a testimony, and yes, when we share to our friends, but other than that, the Bible says that we need to forget the past and we need to look forward. The reason I'm bringing this out tonight is because a lot of you have been in church since you were tiny. And if you're always talking about what God did and not what God is doing, you aren't moving forward. Well, I remember camp 2010. I got the devil cast out of me. But what has happened the past 11 years? You're not moving forward because you have not forgot the past and moved on. So think about this. And even you pastors back there, are you always talking about what God once did? Or are you talking about what God is doing? Because if all your examples are from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago, you're not moving forward. You're stuck living off yesterday's miracles trying to say it's still happening today. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, I got so-and-so saved 10 years ago, but you haven't witnessed since. So God is not doing something actively in your life right now. He did move, but he's not moving. We had revival 10 years ago. Our true church grew 15 years ago. Who cares? What's happening now? Because God's not in the past. He's in the present and the future. I'm preaching 175% than anyone is responding in here. (laughs) Paul said, forget the past. Not just the bad stuff, that's obvious. Even the good stuff. Be thankful, but don't stay there. Or we hear this, God did it this way once. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But what is he doing today? Because you're not moving forward if he's not doing something today. You're not moving with God if he's not doing something in your church today. And in your life today. And in your prayer life today. And in your worship today. If you stay in what God did, you will miss what God is doing. I'm saying something in the house of God. And that's a problem for a lot of us church people. Kids that grew up in church. I know not every one of you is in that category, but a lot of people are. God used to do this. but He says forget about it. Not to dishonor it, but to say I got something better in the future. 
I got something new in the future. If you stay in what God did, you will miss what he is doing. I'll give you a good verse for this. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Now, hold on. What did he say? But forget all that. Y'all thought I was going hard here tonight. Isaiah said, forget all that. Oh, my goodness. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. This is God speaking to you. For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. But what did Isaiah say before you get the new? Before you get the new, before you get the way, before you get the revival, before you get the new stuff. He says, forget all about it. The good and the bad, because what I'm about to do is better than what I did before. If you stay in what God did, you will miss what he is doing. Is anyone getting anything tonight? It's hard to see you with these lights. Can you take a little bit more? Let's talk about the other side of that. He says you need to forget the past and look forward. Let's talk about the bad stuff. I actually think it's easier to forgive than to forget about it. (laughs) Because you can't help sometimes what comes to your memory. But you can choose to forgive people. But the enemy has a way of bringing back those memories. And God says you got to forget about the past. Not just forgive them. We talked about that. But you got to forget it. Amzie talked about this this morning. Let God put the delete button on all those memories. Because you got to get past your past if you're going to live. If you don't get past your past, you will never live. And that's the goal of the enemy. He wants you to be stuck. You have to let go of the past so you can have the future that God has for you. But it takes faith to let go. Could I get Haas up here and Amzie, the two towers? Amzie, I need you to stand over there by that black tape right here. Haas, you stand right here. So, the Bible said forget about the past, right? If you're going to move forward, you got to forget about it. The good stuff and the bad stuff. Forget about the past so that you can have the future that God wants for you. I personally am good at letting the good stuff go, but not good at letting the bad stuff go in my life. I'm always for something new. Let's change it. Forget about it. Throw the plants out at church. I don't care. Paint the wall. Change the music. I don't care. God's doing something new. Play the new Maverick City. Do something different. God's always doing something new. That's not what gets me stuck. 
It's the memory of the bad stuff that keeps me stuck. But don't we all want God's future for our life? Raise your hand if that's you. Do you want God's future for your life? Well, the passage says you got to forget the past and look forward to the future. But it takes faith to forget the past, and it takes faith to let go. So, between here and here is forward. This is the past. Sorry, Hoffs. And this is the future. Scoot further away a little bit. So, just stay there. Don't move. Stay sturdy. This is where a lot of you are at right here. With the good and the bad. You want God's future, but you won't let go of your past. Just practically speaking, I can't reach my future. I can't reach my future until I let go of my past. It's not God's fault. God says you got to let it go and forget about it if you want the future, but you're the one who has to let it go. And you let it go by faith and move forward. And I can't reach my future until I let go of my past. But you all want both. You have to choose. You have to choose. I want my past and my future. Not an option. I want a little bit of the past, a little bit of the future. Not an option. You got to let go of Haas. Sorry. I would never do that. I should have brought someone else up here. But until I let him go, I can never move forward and I can never reach my future. Now, I would go running and jump into your arms right now, but you can get the picture. I got to let go of him. And jump into my future. Thank you. You can go sit down. Now, why can I let go of my past and I can reach my future? Why would I do that? Why would I do that? To move forward? Yes. But why? Why would you do that? You would do that because of what God said in Isaiah. Because what you let go of is not as good as what God has for you in the future. And what you give up is far lesser than what God has for you in the future. So I'm not just moving forward to move forward. I can move forward in faith and confidence because I know what I give up is so much lesser than what God has for me in the future. And if I let go of the past, then I can have God's future. He says, forget the past because I'm going to do something new. Let's look at it in Isaiah 43 in the Message Bible. Forget about what's happening. Don't keep going over old history. 
let me talk about this for a second. I know we're at 53 minutes, but it's summer camp. I get so tired of hearing stories about the past. Remember when we were in middle school? Remember when we were in high school? Remember at this old camp? Remember when we cracked this joke? Remember when we did this? But what is God doing today? You're still living in the past. You're still thinking you're living in the glory days. You're still living in your prime. No, you're not. And just because you're in middle school and high school, it's happening to your friends right now. They're always trying to bring you back to old history. Especially when you're trying to forget about it and let it go. Oh, but we cool. We go back to first grade. Let it go. But we family. Our last names are Jacobs. We're blood. Let them go. Is your future more important than holding on to your past? If you want God's future, you got to forget about it. Let it go by faith because you believe God's going to do greater in the future. I love it. It says, be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. Last thing I want to talk about is you got to take a step. Can I get Steve up here to play some keys? Then I'll have the rest of the worship team. But worship team, you can stay right there. you got to take a step. Let's get Philippians up here one more time. Philippians 3. Let's do verse 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. We talked about focus. He says, and I forget what... Forgetting the past, so we talked about forgetting your past, letting it go, and looking forward, notice, to what lies ahead. Why? Verse 14. And I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, has called us. So we talked about that faith moves forward. It only moves in one direction. And we're going to have to focus if we're going to move forward in faith. We're going to have to forget the past if we're going to move forward in faith. But we're going to have to take a step. We're going to have to take a step. You realize in the Bible, there is story after story after story of heroes of the faith who were in a place where they felt stuck and they felt hopeless and they felt scared And God always would tell them to take a step. Now, a lot of you are with me on this about focusing and forgetting the past, but you haven't stepped out yet. You haven't moved forward yet. But I believe that we're going to share here in a few more minutes and close that God wants you to take a step to move forward. There's all sorts of things that happen in our life. It could be trauma. It could be a relationship that died. It could be depression. It could be loss. It could be death. And I'm not naive. There's a lot of people in here that had that at a young age. And you're in a place like the heroes of the faith that felt stuck were in. They felt hopeless. They felt scared. And they wanted 
God to rescue them out of that situation. And then they would move forward. But God does it differently because he requires faith. And faith always moves forward. Just to give you a few examples, David, when the enemy had come and taken the wives and the children and burned down their cities, David found it with his group of mighty men. And he was overwhelmed and he said he wept. You know what God said? Get up. Go pursue them and recover all. Another example in David's life, David, after the death of his son, tragic loss in his life, he grieved it, he mourned it, he dealt with it with God, and then God said, get up, go to my house, and worship. Elijah, depressed in the cave, had given up. And he said, God, I'm the only one serving you. Everyone's after me to kill me. And he said, Elijah, get out of the cave. Go do what I called you to do. And then you're going to move forward. Samuel in the Bible, when Saul was rejected, he said, Saul, why are you going to keep crying about, or Samuel, why are you going to keep crying about Saul? Go and anoint David to be the new king. The pattern in all these stories was when people needed to move forward, God said, will you take the first step? But we want God to take the first step. And God says, you need to take the first step if you want to move forward. And nothing changed until they moved forward. Nothing happened until they moved forward. If you're waiting on God to do something, he's waiting on you to do something. You see, God, I don't feel like moving forward, but God says, move forward, and there's faith to move forward. I feel stuck. I feel hopeless. I feel scared. God says, there's faith. Move forward. And when you move, I will move. But you have to take the step first. So many Christians are stuck the rest of their life waiting on God to do something. When he said, you do something then I'll do something. Because by you doing something, that's your faith. Let's look at a passage in Exodus. This is about God's people coming out of Egypt at the Red Sea. Exodus 14 and 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and shall hold your peace. Notice what God said at the Red Sea. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So that's the last thing I want to leave you with. If we're going to move forward in faith, it goes one direction. That's forward. You got to be focused if you're going to move forward. You got to forget the past if you're going to move forward. 
But for all of you in here, if you're really going to move forward, you have to take a step tonight to move forward. I love this story because God's people came up to an impossible situation. They felt stuck. They felt hopeless. They felt scared like some of you do in here right now. And they came up to this place and they had the enemies of Egypt behind them and they had an impossible Red Sea that they couldn't cross in front of them and they were stuck. They were freaking out. They were hopeless like some of you in here. And notice what God said. God said, why are you going to keep crying to me? Why are you going to keep coming up and saying, I'm stuck, I'm hopeless, I'm scared. Why are you going to keep crying and whining about the place that you're in? Tell the children of God, which that's you and I, to move forward. And this is what's going to happen when they move forward. When you move forward, children of God, and you start stepping out when you don't feel like it. When you start stepping forward when you feel like stepping back. When you feel hopeless and scared and you say, I know I need to move forward. God says, stop crying to me. Move forward. And when you move, I'll move. And the Bible says, as soon as God's children stepped into the water, the water started to part. And they were stepping on dry ground. Now, what do all of us want in here? We want the water to part and God to give us dry ground before we start stepping. But that's not faith. Faith says you take the first step. And when you step in the water, I'll make this part dry. And when you step here, I'll part the water and make this place dry. And when you step here, I'll part the water and make this place dry. And if you keep stepping, I'll keep moving. But you want the waters to part first. That's not the way it works. Because that's not faith. We want a miracle, but God wants us to move. Isn't that what we want? God just rained it down from heaven. I need a miracle. And he says, okay, start stepping. I need a miracle. Start moving forward. I need a miracle. Start doing something. I need a miracle. Start stepping out. And when you step out... I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'll part the sea right in front of you. But you got to step in the water first. And when you step, the Spirit of God comes and miracles happen because we want God's miracles, but God wants us to move. Can we get the whole praise team up here? Did you guys get anything tonight? Philippians 3, 
in verse 12 through 15 in the message. Look what it says. I'm not saying that I've already have this all together, that I have made it, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal. That sounds like being focused. Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal and those of us who want everything that God has for us. Is that you tonight? Are you one of those people that wants everything that God has for you? Are you ready to move forward tonight? Can you stand up with me tonight? Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 